Hello and welcome to episode 3 of The Pen Addict, a weekly show dedicated to pens and paper and all things analogue of that good nature. Um, I'm joined as always by my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Brad Dowdy of The Pen Addict and Jet Pens. Hi Brad. How's, how's it going today, Mike? Yeah, pretty good, my man. How are you? Good, good. I've heard you got the you have a new pen in your arsenal. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Before we get started, right before now. we get before we get uh, deep into anything else. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? I went and, I went out and bought myself today a uh, a Lamy Safari. Mm. How do you I, like it? Yeah, I would say Lamy, but I could be wrong. I think I I've looked up the official pronunciation, and I think it's actually Lamy. I tend right. to call it Lamy, but I think the the Correct pronunciation is Lamy. I'm sure our listeners will will let us know. They're they're quick to <laughs> correct me when I'm wrong about things. So it's probably none I, of those things, right? I know German, that's exactly right. Said, right. Right, right. Just like mole moleskin, there's probably ten official different pronunciations. Is that how you say it, moleskin? I've, the official pronunciation is moleskine, I believe. Oh really? But With the A, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, it's I don't think you ever hear anyone call it that though. So I think they've actually allowed, if you will, the official pronunciation can be moleskin or moleskin. I think there's a little pronunciation thing in the back of them, right? It comes with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe so. I'll have to look they, at one. They have like a little um, leaflet that comes in the back. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, let me see. Let's see what it says. It's in all different languages. Oh. I don't know if it's got an official pronunciation guide or not. No, it doesn't. I thought it did. But it's yeah. just got like the history of... Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's hear about the Safari. What, what else did you get? Break it down for me. Um, I got a, I got the medium nib. Mm-hmm. Medium, medium nib. Medium nib. Mm-hmm. I got it in white. Which I really okay. Like. Is there any more break, breaking down I can do for you? About, about the type of nah, let me, yeah, let me safari is pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. If you tell me you have a, uh, a white barrel, I know it. I think those only come with the chrome clip. There's different yeah, models that yeah, come with some different, the, different color clip. Yeah, there's some that have colored clips or, or, same color clips and things like that. But uh, and some of them have black nibs, but that's usually just on the black barrel ones. But yeah, yeah I can picture it. Chrome nib. Um, no, I really like it. It's made me realize I've, I've used to have one. I actually have another safari. Um, mm-hmm. which is just all black. Yeah. Um, and I, I have green, or oh, I had green ink in it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because I was just using it for, well, I'd, I'd had it for years um, and I, it was my main pen for a while. Um, gotcha. But then I moved along a bit and then it just, um, I had some green ink laying around from something. It was some Lamy ink as well. I don't know where it came from. Maybe I just picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was using it as a green pen. Sometimes see the green pen for, pen for work. But gotcha. when that ink ran out, I kind of didn't bother refilling it. Um, but I, I've um, put an order down from JetPens for a Pilot Pereira. Which, That's right. Which I said I was going to buy. And today I was I was at the mall and walked past a station as we have here called WH Smiths. Mm-hmm. They're a bookshop and stationer. So I popped okay. in, had a look around, and thought I want something to tide me over. I want to get back to my beloved fountain pens. Gotcha. They have different fountain pens to to purchase different inks, things like that. There, you can you can walk in and get a few things if you need to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, they're, they're a general purpose, like a sort of staples. Okay. Or something, you know, they're, they're not office like office supplies. They're mainly a bookstore. But okay. They do sell, like quite a lot of stationery, especially in the larger. 
okay. stores. And I bought some uh, Lamy cartridges as well. Gotcha. I figured that would be best. Their cartridges are quite long, which I've always found interesting. Yeah, there's there's a couple of different size cartridges, and uh, I don't know if it's called standard length for the Lamy's, but there's that length, and there's a international short cartridge that some pins use that are don't, the the Lamy's a pretty long barreled pin. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not overly long, but you know, it's got a capacity to hold a, a large size cartridge, where some pins, some fountain pens don't. I don't know if I'd asked you this already, but um, with pens like like fountain pens or whatever, they have detachable caps. Do you mm-hmm. place those on top? Me personally, or yeah, as a general personally. rule? Me personally, I do, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I never yeah. have. I don't like the added weight. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people that uh, do not like to write with the cap posted. And um, I, it's probably a 50-50 split. And some people will only buy, you know, in, in the non-fountain pen world, some people only buy retractable pens just because they don't want to deal with the cap, period. But a lot of people who use fountain pens... Um, I would say write with the cap not posted like you you prefer to write with. That was why um, over I am the other day I asked you if there was a retractable mm-hmm. fountain pen. And <laughs> it was the vanishing point that you put, right. pushed me towards, right? But that's quite expensive. Yeah, very much so. That's one of those bucket list pens for me. I don't I don't have one, in, but that that's one that I, I always uh, get jealous of whenever I see it. It's really cool looking. Yeah, I've um, I've put that on my my uh, list. I actually have a list now of pens. <laughs> I also picked up one of the, um, what's it called? We mentioned it last week, the the Japanese writing pen. Um, the erasable or a fountain pen? The No, it, it was like a like an ink pen, like a drawing pen. Oh, the Sakura? Yeah, the Sakura, that's it. Yeah, the Sakura Pigma Micron. Yeah, that's a, that's a kind of, it's actually a pretty good all-purpose pen for me. I mean, I take that, I, I shove that in my pocket with my notebook when I leave the house a lot of times. It's, you know, it's not going to last you forever being a plastic tip pen, but that's the type of pen I like to write with a lot when I'm not using a, you know, yeah. a small tip gel ink pen. I figured it's only $2.50 on jet pens. So yeah, exactly. Go it, for it, just chuck that in the bag. Yeah, it's a cool pen. Writes great. I love it. One of my favorites. So now I'm just looking forward to the delivery. So, yeah, that'll that'll be a whole another episode. Maybe that can be our, our fountain pen dedicated episode when you get the uh, Prera in. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a happy day. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we want to talk about today? Well, I want to talk about uh, a, a blog post I did um, just was it yesterday actually, and I didn't have I had a, actually other plans for this episode, and I kind of got a bug bugging me yesterday about a review I wrote um, about the Papermate Inkjoy, um, which is a new ballpoint pen made by Papermate. And this isn't, you know, more of, this isn't a discussion about that pen specifically, but more about the state of pens and big box retailing as a whole. I, I get off on a, a riff every now and then, ever since I started the pen addict, I say probably two or three times a year where, you know, I'll go to a, a a large retailer, either you know, a big box retailer like a Walmart or Target, or a office supply specific retailer like Staples, Office Max, and in those type of stores. And with this paper made, I went into Walmart, um, and every time you go on the pin aisle in any large store, large retail establishment like that, at least in the U.S., there is almost never anything new on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And that drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know what your experience is over there. I don't know if you're you're, you're not as 
hardcore as me as, as looking at those things when you go into those type of large retail environments. But, you know, it's just a really drab landscape of the same pens every time you walk in the door. Yeah, I think the thing for me um, would be that I tend, like when I went there today, mm-hmm. I tend not to find anything exciting. Right. Um, right. And, and, and that, that's one thing that, that everything looks pretty boring. Right. And I mean, I, I've i thought about it for years on, on what the reasons are. And the really, I mean, the only thing that I, my unscientific uh, theory is that, you know, just th- these pen retailers are obviously in it to make a profit. And these are the pens that, you know, the that stock the office cabinets at you know, in various businesses and they're the right price point. People are used to them. Um, they can buy them in bulk in, in a lot of, in a lot of, uh, occasions. And there's just really no need to, for these large companies to introduce these more niche pins that we talk about on this podcast. And that I, I talk about on, um, the pen addict and, and, it it annoys me because I know there's better writing instruments out there than what companies are putting on the shelves, even by, even in their own, you know, portfolio of pens, you know, say a Uniball or a Pilot, there's other options that they're just not putting forth for the consumers out there. And that, that always tends to get me riled up. I was looking um, when I was in the stations today um, for the paper mate ink joy and couldn't couldn't see it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that was so what the, you wrote the post about, right? Yeah, yeah. So what what got me going about the ink joy was one that they they put a lot of advertising budget behind it. Um, you know, paper mate is um, you know on the I guess there's some tiers of pin companies in quality or in in at least in perception and pricing, and paper mate probably checks in on the lower end. I'd say there's pilot. Uniball, Pintel are kind of the three main consumer tiers, or probably that top tier. Then PaperMate, Bic, um, kind of fall into that second tier. But PaperMate's put a lot of advertising behind the Ink Joy. Um, you know, they got a lot of advertisements. They got a lot of shelf space, um, and it's being touted as this new innovative ink. Well, the ink that it describes is a hybrid ink technology that. I've been using for years and readers of the pen Attic have been using for years. The Uniball Dreadstream has the same technology and it's been around. I can't even tell you how many years, I, at least five, seven, eight years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's a far superior pen, but you know, paper mates positioning this as this new technology and when it's really not, but again, you know, I made a point in my article that, you know what, they're not selling this pen to me. You know, I'm not their target customer. Um, but the opportunity, I think, to to expand on, you know, the pen designs, the, the pen tip sizes, you know, the quality of inks, I, I think the opportunity's there, and I, I've never been able to figure out why the the companies don't, you know, put more money behind it. Other than that, that it, it's probably closer to a niche market uh, for them than the mass market retailing that they're used to doing. But I mean, I was, I was thinking about this when I was reading your post. Mm-hmm. If, like, what does the average consumer 
I mean, the average consumer doesn't know a lot about types of pens. So right. why are the why are the big stores even concerned about what they stock in regards to if something's a niche? Like, it's not going to just because something is a, a, is a niche pen. It does. It's not going to sell any more or less, in my opinion, because they don't know what they're looking for anyway. So they just get whatever looks good to them. Does that make right, sense? Right. Right. So that's what I'm. Yeah, it, it does. You're saying you're saying put it out there. Yeah. Right. Because what what difference is it going to make? They're going to. I mean, there's you know, say four different sizes of a particular pen out there. What's what difference is one going to make versus the other? Um, you know, people who are coming back maybe for the second time, you know, will have a favorite. They'll say, "Oh, I hated this pen," or "I like this pen," and they'll buy it again, or they hated it and they'll try a different one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why they put it out, don't put it out there. I mean, on the the pen that started. My whole pen attic blog was one single pen, and we talked about this in episode one, that I just dumb lucked into at an Office Max, and it's the Uniball Sino RT 0.38 millimeter pen that I had never seen anything like that on a store shelf before. And that was in 2007, a 0.38 millimeter. I was like, wow, that is pretty cool. I think I bought three or four four-packs of them because I didn't know when I was ever going to see it again, right? <laughs> and you know what? I could probably count on one hand the times I've seen that pin packaged on the shelf in the past five years. Interesting. They still sell it. It's available. It's one of their products and one of their product lines. But if you walk into Staples, not even I'm not even you discount Walmart and Target, but even a more specific store like Staples, it's just not there. And I know they make them and you know, I just wish they made them a little bit more available. There's the pilot starting to do it a little bit. Um, they've they've probably been the leader as far as that goes. Even though that Uniball .38 came, I first saw it in 2007. Pilot started putting the .38 G2s out maybe two years ago. They started showing up on the shelves. Mm-hmm. You still don't see very many of them. And actually, probably in the past six months or a year, I've actually seen the pilot. Um, G G Tech C on the shelf at my local Staples, which was shocking the first time I saw it. I was I was pretty ecstatic. That was, that made me a happy pen addict that day. <laughs> I mean, I was today like, I, I could only find uh, medium nib. Right. They didn't have. I mean, they didn't have fine. I don't know if there is a right. size bigger than medium. Like, is there? I, I've never really come there, like, come across yeah, it. Yeah, some of them will make a bold. How big will that be? I mean, the one point oh millimeters. Yeah, one point oh millimeters generally on a gel will be medium. I mean, excuse me, bold. Um, Uniball makes a, a bold one point oh Sino. Um, you know, I just I don't know. I, I would like to see the mixture get a little bit better because it's the same pen every time you walk into the store. Um, you know, we actually actually. I decided on this topic yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon, we got an email from the 70 decibel site that, you know, a guy named Philip wrote in and his, his comment was, I'm surprised at the extremely poor availability of many of the nice products you describe having been searching out pens via the web for many years. Do the Japanese companies feel there's not a big market in the Western world? Well, it, it's not a lot of that because a lot of the, the Japanese companies have subsidiaries over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Japan, it's you know known as Uni Mitsubishi. Well, it's the same. You know, it's a subsidiary. You know, in the U.S. is Uniball USA. Same with same with Pilot. Same with Zebra. Um, so it's not like they don't have this technology available. I guess they just feel that you know, the 
Western market is not as open to trying new things. And maybe that's a, a long a long-standing uh, consumer theories by these large companies. You know, I, I won't profess to know that, but that certainly seems what's the to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just it's it's frustrating to me knowing that there's such good writing instruments out there, better than anything you will find on the shelf, but they're not getting put out there. And you know, that that's good for me, I guess. But you know, if people come to me, you know, looking for these types of things and hopefully, you know, I've been able to try a lot of these things. And, you know, obviously I work for a great company that sells a lot of these things. And it, it's not about that. It's, you know, I, I want more people to have access to it, you know, walking down the aisle at Staples and Walmart than, you know, that aren't as, you know, say, internet literate as some of us are and our listeners are to know that they can go search out that they have other options. So anyway, that's just that's kind of my rant. <laughs> I get on that from time to time. There's a there's not a lot of innovation out there. Um, you know, they, a, a few years ago, they, the product came out called the Sharpie Liquid Pencil. Have you oh, ever heard of that? Yeah. Now, I, I can't remember who I was having a discussion with at the time this product came out. Um, it may have been uh, Patrick Roan, mm-hmm. I think, and, and we were extremely excited about the Sharpie liquid pencil. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think this was the first time I came across the pen addict mm-hmm. um, because we were talking about it and he may have, we may have spoken about it enough. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. your review of the Sharpie liquid pencil um, was kind of what made me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't include any, uh, any tissues with that? Uh, it was <laughs> with a- that review. I mean, my my point was that you know, I was excited about it too because hey, this is going to be a a new, innovative product that's going to be in the mass market, the large availability, huge stores, and it's just going to be a new product on the shelf. And I was happy to see that innovation. Well, I got a sample product from Sharpie, and it may be the single worst pen slash pencil I've ever written with. I mean, I almost didn't want to do the review. It was so horrible. I mean, but I I said, you know, related to it in tech terms that it was basically an analog version. I was like, there's no way this, this, this pencil is is ready to be on the shelves because Mm -hmm. it, it it flat out does not work. It doesn't write. It doesn't erase. (laughs) It's horrible, but they, they put a decent amount of marketing behind it and they got it out there. And, um, you know, I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't get too far into the performance review because it was so bad. But the whole point of my review was that I was happy they did it. Right. You know, I mean, every time you walk into the store, it's the same Pilot G2 and the same Uniball 207 and the same Uniball Jetstream. And, you know, it's the same pins every time I gave Sharpie loads of credit for doing something different and prior to that they were the last ones to do something different that was mass market in the sharpie pen which is now that that became a a runaway success and you know their their willingness to you know take on that market and come up with something different you know granted they had the 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 big name to fall back on the big sharpie name but they they killed it with that product and they just keep growing and expanding it that's the last successful mass market product launch I can remember. 
I mean, the, the ink joy, I mean, it's going to fizzle out just like everything else. It'll just be like, I referred to it in, in the review. It's, it's just a pen, right? I, mean, I don't, I don't really rate the, the Sharpie pen too much. It didn't, mm-hmm. I, I bought a pack and it was, it was good. Like the actual pen was good, mm-hmm. but it didn't last mm-hmm. very long at all. Yeah, I, I can understand that. You, you know, you'll run into that a lot with the plastic tip pens. I personally, I, I, it's one of my favorite pens. Um, you know that I, I reach for it, and you know, quite occasionally. And and Sharpie has made a point of they've released the pen, put a good push behind it, and then right after, I mean, within three to six months, they said, "Okay, new colors." And then right after that, you know, three to six months down the line, here's a retractable version. Hmm. And then right right after that, three to six months down the line, here's a capped version with a grip. And, you know, and here's more new colors. And here's a stainless steel barrel. And they just keep pounding on that. And yeah. it's, a good, it's a good product. And they've built on it. You know, I mean, the same G2 has been on the shelf for how long? I mean, it's the exact same pen every day. When you walk into the store, <laughs> it's a popular a, pen. It is no, it's awesome. But I mean, update the grip, update the barrel design. You don't have to change the performance. Keep the same refill. You know, it just do something to inject some life into the pin section. I guess is what I'm saying. The pin section at the store is boring. <laughs> inject some life into it. Hmm. You know, Uniball. Uniball has. There and they injected life this year by redesigning the packaging. I mean, it's the same. It's the same pen in a new package. I, I didn't know what to think about that. It's good looking packaging, but you know the the Sino two hundred seven is is a hugely popular pen. It's not going anywhere. So I guess they don't, they don't have any incentive to change it. I, I guess I would like to see some additions. I don't I don't know if I'm being uh, being too particular. So, I don't know. I mean, I did a. Uh, I did a post in 2009 mm-hmm. um, called the top my top five pins off the store shelf. Okay, people always would email me. You know, um, you know they may not be comfortable shopping on the internet or they want to try something before they buy it, and I can understand that. So I always had a there was always a push for hey, you know, tell me what pins I can go buy. Well, I can walk into the store today that are really good pins. You know that. You know, I don't have to hassle with online or, or, or whatever. And in my top five were the Pilot G2, the Pilot Precise V5, the Uniball Sino 207, the Sharpie Pin, and the Uniball Jetstream. I was asked this week if I could update that list. You think I can? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, the order might be different. <laughs> there, I mean, there's not a single. This was when did I write this? August twelfth, two thousand nine. That was my top five pens off the store shelf. Hmm. If I wrote this post tomorrow, I, th- I think it's the same exact five pens. And to me, that's kind of sad. But you know, I'm not the one that has to make, make the big money decisions in these large companies. So I mean, they obviously have their reasons for doing it. That's what sells for them. That's what. What keep the what keeps the lights on? So, you know, I I don't know if I'm asking too much for some innovation, but that that's kind of where where I see it. I mean, this this top five pins from from you know two years ago really kind of drove it drove the point home. I, I've got nothing to add. <laughs> 
I'll just cut and paste this post <laughs> so for the next for the next version. Of these, though, so just so I can kind of put it into context, how many of the these um, are your sort of daily uses for you? Quite a few. Um, I, the Uniball two hundred seven, Uniball Sino two hundred seven, and the Sharpie Pen. I'd say far and away out of those five, and then I use the Jetstream some. Mm-hmm. I've kind of. I don't use the G2s that much, and I don't use the uh, Pilot Precise V5, which is that needle tip liquid ink pen. That's really awesome. I just uh, I've migrated to different things, you know. In, instead of the Pilot G2, I use the Uniball Sino DX, which you can't get in the store. And instead of the the Pilot Precise V5 needle, I use the Pilot High Tech C needle tip. You know, it's not the same ink consistency. One's a gel, one's a liquid ink, but that kind of suits that needle tip. Uh, need that I have, so the three I still use are the 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 two hundred seven, the Sharpie pen, and the Jetstream. I use those every week easily, easily. So anyway, have you heard heard me rant enough about that? I, I mean, I'm not I'm not too. I mean, I don't, it's not something I get angry about. It's just something that that frustrates me because there's an opportunity there. They have the technology. The technology's elsewhere in the world. You know. Mm-hmm. branch out just a little bit that's all you know two you know you have uniball might have what 20 or 30 pegs on the wall at walmart try something else with two of them right you know that's all i mean you just get bored i don't i don't like going to staples and not spending money mike but i walk out of there empty-handed more times than not recently <laughs> which is a shame <laughs> yeah yeah. So, anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> Is that what you want to cover for today? No, I want no? I want to talk about one more thing. No, that's, great, uh, great. Go for that's it. That's a that's a little more a little more positive, a little more you know, not such a, not such a downer. Um, I I want to talk just real quick about one email I got and about the pen addict listeners and the pen addict readers and why are we pen addicts. And, you know, this is maybe why that we can't find what we want on the shelf. I want to read this email to you. You didn't get a copy of this. Okay. This guy is my hero. This is my exact thought process when I'm thinking about a pen and probably a lot of the readers of the pen addict. This is their thought process. His name's Anthony. And we've had a conversation back and forth on his email. So just bear with me. This is a, this, this is a long email, but this is true pen addiction right here. This is what our readers and listeners are are looking for. All right. He says, hi, please recommend me a pen that I should use. I've been reading your blog since September last year after my obsession with moleskins led me to figure out what tool would work best with it. I understand that asking this may be a bit forward, but all of your reviews combined with purchases and returns September weekly, I might add, have caused me both embarrassment at Staples and a lot of wasted time. Some background. I'm a full-time mature college, mature student in college, and I take down notes constantly. I'm, I take many business courses with accounting, quantitative methods, and economics courses with heavy math usage. That being said, I have no problems using pens for those classes and pencils for the required exams. Writing style. I write somewhat with a high grip, as you would call it. Yes, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And I tend to write at an angle too. Ballpoints give me the hardest time, standard words anyway. I've used the Pilot G2, loving the ink, 
outside of it copying on the opposing page when I close my moleskin really fast, but find the barrel too empty or light. I should mention I tend to hate clear barrels. And the ink smearing over on the other page when I close it fast, which happens often with my moleskin agenda, is a nightmare. It's what's holding me back. What sells me for the G2 ink is the smoothness. Lately, because the barrel is at least nicer, I use the Dr. Grip with the G2 ink. I figure maybe gel inks may not be best suited to me. I think I'll run through the same problems with rollerballs also. To be honest, I use a mechanical pencil more often than not. But that leaves me feeling with leaves me with a feeling of juvenile usage, as if my writing isn't worth risking performance. <laughs> my criteria would be very smooth writing, dark ink, black required, something that dries up fast enough to not copy on the opposing page, a barrel that is not clear and has a solid feel, unlike the Uniball Sino, something that gives a professional feel that I can bring to meetings but also to classes, a retractable is required for transportation. Please help. <laughs> So when you read all of those things, do you have uh-huh. something in mind? Uh, well, first, I got a huge grin on my face because I was like, man, this guy, this is awesome. This is exactly what I like to read. And secondly, and I, I've emailed back and forth with Anthony, he, he's going to have a tough time to nail everything on his list. And in talking with him, you know, his one of his main requirements is a barrel that's not clear. I didn't realize it till I looked at it. Do you know how many clear and translucent barrels there are out there? It is a huge, huge majority. So we've gone through some things and we've changed, exchanged some emails back and forth. But I just want to let you know and the readers know this is the kind of email. This isn't the only email like this I get. This is almost normal. But usually everyone's, usually every one of them starts with, I'm sorry for being so weird, but, and then it goes on for 500 words. <laughs> on what, <laughs> and I'm like, you're not weird. You're the most normal person I know. Welcome to my world. So Anyway, I, I just thought I'd share that tidbit with you because it, it's cracked me up, and it's it's been fun emailing Anthony back and forth trying to <laughs> trying to find him a good pen. So we're we're still working on it, work in progress. I'll let you know the outcome if we ever pick something out. But uh, yeah, I'd like to know. You know, at, at some point, you know, there there's not a perfect pen out there for everybody. Um, so you you might have to make some sacrifices, um, you know, to to get what you want, and you know, it, it, we'll always we'll all always be looking for that perfect pen. I mean, there's. I, I always say I'm not pen monogamous. I'll, I'll never be able to just stick with one pen. There's no no chance. So, but that's it. That's what uh, I wanted to get that email out there because it's really cool. And that's a lot of um, the readership of the pen act, pen addict, and the listeners to this podcast can totally relate to that. And that's why I, I wanted to wanted to share that with everyone because I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, we do get a lot of great feedback for this show. I think. In, in all honesty, I get more feedback about this show than I do any other. Yeah, people are, I mean, people are either one, opinionated on what they like, or two, don't know what they like and need some help, or, you know, don't don't like what they're using right now and want some help finding something that could be better. Yeah. And there's there's almost always better out there. It's just a matter of, of finding it. So how can people get in touch with us? Oh, for me, you can catch me at... Uh, penaddict.com that's the blog where that I've been talking about today where I do pen reviews and 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 other things you can find me on twitter at dowdyism that's d-o-w-d-y-i-s-m and you can email me with your uh, long elaborate uh, <laughs> questions at thepenaddict at, at gmail.com or you can also go to um, 70decibels.com forward slash contact and you can fill out the contact form there to get in touch with the show as well. 
yep, I always forget that part. So I uh, forget the <laughs> forget that's, the path. So that's that's. Don't worry, perfect. I've always got you back. <laughs> well, I think that's all for today, Mike. Yes, well, thank you very thanks. much. Hey, thanks, thanks for uh, listening to me spew. That's what I felt like I did today. So uh, we'll we'll make it lighter next time. And uh, <laughs> I, I've got some got some ideas for for next episode that I think uh, hopefully everyone will like. Cool. I'm sure everyone liked this one too. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Hope so. So Twitter's a good place at Dowdyism for you. Mm-hmm. Um, at yeah. I Mike I M Y K E for me. Um, until next week. Bye bye. Bye. The Pen Attic Podcast is a 70 decibels production in conjunction with Brad Dowdy. Brad is an employee of jetpens.com who do not have any affiliation with this podcast.